Hello, Graceway. This is David Chow. I am part of the Mark Bible Study teaching team. It is Wednesday, September 23rd, and today's podcast is about the purpose of parables. We are looking at Mark 4, 10 through 12. Let's jump into things. I will be reading from the NRSV. When he was alone, those who were around him, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look, but not perceive, and may indeed listen, but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. Now, we've mentioned in Sunday school, as well as in previous podcasts, that Mark often cites or alludes to the Old Testament. And in chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, this is definitely the case. And it is Isaiah 6, 8 through 10, which Mark uses. And I'm going to read Isaiah 6, 8 through 10, so that you can listen for the echoes of Isaiah in Mark. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. This is the word of the Lord. A little bit of context. On Monday's podcast, the parable of the sower, uh, we read Mark 4, 1 through 20, and we had read verses 10 through 12. But I intentionally did not discuss those verses. And the reason is because Mark's discussion of parables, it's a challenging passage. It's a very confusing passage, and it's something that I find a bit weird. So we're talking about parables. The Greek word parabole means something set beside something else to explain it. In Greek literature, a parabole means a comparison. The Hebrew background in the Old Testament has a wider range of meaning for parable, which was called mashal. In the Old Testament, mashal meant figure, proverb, aphorism, a riddle, lesson, allegory, or metaphorical speech. But here in Mark 4, Mark's meaning of parable is different. First, you notice in verse 11 that in talking with the twelve, Jesus says to them, To you have been given the secret of the kingdom of God. This phrase about the secret of the kingdom of God in verse 11 helps make sense of what is said in verse 12. Now, I think verse 12 is weird, so let me explain why I think it's weird. Jesus is teaching the crowds. I get that. I spend a lot of time teaching. That is my day job. I teach at seminary. At times, I've taught at the university. I've taught in children's ministry, and I teach adult Sunday school. As a teacher, one of my primary goals is to make sure what I say and teach makes sense. I would count my lesson a failure if what I taught did not make sense. 
when I talk about a new idea with my son, Josh, or we go over a new strategy in basketball, which he may never heard of before, I always ask him, does that make sense? I ask that question because if what I said made no sense, then I failed in communicating. I failed as a teacher and I need to try again until what I say makes sense. As a teacher, I think it is important to speak plainly so as to be understood, to use illustrations so students can gain clarity on what is being said. So, if Jesus is teaching the crowds, I imagine he would have similar goals as a teacher. It turns out I am completely wrong. Yes, Jesus is teaching the crowds. However, Jesus is teaching the crowds using parables. These aren't your ordinary Greek parabolas, nor are they ordinary Hebrew mashals. These are not mere comparisons or metaphors. No. What does verse 12 say? Let's read it again. And it's from verse 11 that I'll start. To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look, but not perceive, and may indeed listen, but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. Jesus says the purpose of teaching in parables is so that people do not perceive. It is so that people do not understand. It is so that people do not turn, repent, and receive forgiveness. Yes, you heard me right. Early in Jesus' teaching ministry, recall we are only in Mark 4 and there are 12 chapters left, Jesus taught the crowds in parables in order to prevent seeing and understanding. That's why I find Mark 4, 10 through 12 weird. Why would any teacher worth their salt want students to be blocked in understanding? This seems the very opposite of what a good teacher should want. I think there are a couple things that need to be said. Parables are subversive. Their meaning is not predetermined, nor are their meanings plain. Parables often function by beginning in the familiar world of the hearer, but then they present a different vision of the world that challenges the normal expectations of the hearer. This is what is meant in verse 11 when Jesus says that the parables are about the secret of the kingdom of God. The subject matter is the kingdom of God. And it is a mystery. It is a secret. The meaning of the kingdom of God is not ordinary. The meaning of the kingdom of God is unsettling. It is disruptive. It does not easily fit our prior categories nor expectations. We are still relatively early in Mark's narrative. Mark knows what is coming at the end of his gospel. At this stage in the story, the crowds cannot really know who Jesus is. One can really only know who Jesus is at the end of the story. In fact, if people claimed to know who Jesus is at this point in the story, they would have a false understanding because the identity of Jesus has not yet been revealed. I take it that the phrase, quote, so that they may not turn and be forgiven, end quote, means people cannot yet respond to who Jesus is 
until they see what will happen to him. At this point in Mark's story, the crowds cannot perceive and cannot understand and cannot turn and be forgiven because the secret of the kingdom has not yet been revealed. In a classroom setting, I am uncomfortable with mystery. I am uncomfortable not knowing something. If a teacher says something and I don't understand it, I am one of the first to go up afterwards and ask them questions. I think this is actually a good strategy. It's a good idea for all you students out there. If you, if you ever don't understand something in math class or language arts or in children's ministry or in youth group, ask your teacher. If you're not comfortable with mystery, then you're going to have a difficult time with the secret of the kingdom of God. Before there was creation, there was God. We are finite. God is infinite. We are bound by time and die. God is not bound by time and is eternal. In other words, God is mind-blowing. Jesus is trying to tell us that the kingdom of God is mind-blowing. Jesus uses parables to unsettle us. Jesus teaches in parables to make us more comfortable with mystery. Jesus uses parables to create faith in us. Remember Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. If we were in possession of what we hoped for, or if we were in possession of what we did not see, there would be no reason for faith. We only get to exercise faith this side of heaven. Because when we die and see our Lord, we will see him by sight and not faith. The parables are crucial for communicating the mystery of the kingdom of God that is mind-blowing. I want to leave you with this question. Do you struggle with mystery? Do you struggle with not knowing how things will turn out? That's okay. That's in fact completely normal when it comes to the kingdom of God. Keep meditating on Mark and ask our God to give you eyes that see and ears that hear. Until our next podcast, this is David Chow signing off.